Hey, listen up. I've been talking about this week in and week out, and I will continue to do so. Dickies, the number one brand in performance workwear, knows that work is more than just what you do. It's actually who you are. Just like professional athletes, your work is going to be judged by how you perform on the job. That's why Dickies Flex work pants and shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional satisfaction guarantee so you know that the flex series is made to work as hard as you do dickies flex engineered to move engineered to last you can learn more at dickies.com that's dickies.com This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. Trevor, first things first, what are you up to, man? I did not hear from you this weekend. Now, I was traveling, but how did your weekend go? Uh, Let's start with Wednesday. Uh, The boy, (laughs) Trevor Price III, or the turd as we call him in my house, had his last football game. So all season long, I've been telling the coach, coach, put my boy at running back. He is an athlete. He can run. And he is. He dominated flag football. right? So I was like, same thing. It's going to work. He plays guard. He plays middle linebacker. He is good at neither. So I was like, coach, it's the last game of the season. Give my boy a carry. We're winning in the fourth quarter. They're playing their biggest rival, McDonough versus Gilman. Right? Big, big things. They put my boy at running back. He wears number nine. They give him the ball, Jim. And before they gave him the ball, I looked at my wife and said, look, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to score a touchdown or they're going to take the ball from him and they're going to score a touchdown. And neither of those things is going to surprise me. Jim, he went left. He went into the pile. Next thing I saw was some really small white kid running with the ball the other way towards oh, the other no. end zone. Oh, dude. I, listen, listen. The head coach of the middle school football team looked at me and said, that guard looks real good. I started to jump over the goddamn fence and get after him, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that because he's right. So after the game, after the game, my boy wants to cry. <laughs> like He's just like, he's so disappointed. I said, man, listen, you, you'll you be all right, but inside the back of my head, back of my mind, I'm like, you should fucking cry. That kid's not strong like you. I ain't going to take the ball from you. But I was like, you know, I'm going to be dad, and I'm going to be real cool. I'm just going to let it go because he had a bunch of bar mitzvah this weekend. But the McDonough played in six different championships and won them all. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give the boy a hard time. But he wanted to sign up for basketball. It was either basketball or wrestling. I said, listen, you little MFR, you are wrestling because you have no toughness. So he's going to wrestle. We're going to see what happens. Well, you're tough loving that kid. You're tough loving that kid. Not, it, it's kind of funny. No, I know. Trevor, it's, it's interesting. And if your wife is anything like my wife, she's probably like, pull back, pull back, pull back. The kids are under so much pressure. They're under so much stress. And they are. And they are. But you got to push them sometimes. You got to push them. You got to push them. And then, my and the reason you didn't hear from me, because my daughter goes to Cornell, plays tennis, and all her tennis matches were on TV this weekend. Wow. ESPN3. and No, because it, because at, uh, at Harvard they have cameras. So they, they turn the cameras on so people can watch them. So I'm at my house cursing like a sailor. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm and the story I'm going to tell you later about Nathan Peterman, 100% related to my daughter this weekend playing tennis. 
All right, then. You had a tough weekend. Now I know why I did not hear from you this weekend. Oh. But you're back. But you're back where you belong. Now, listen, going back to last night, that storyline was beaten into the ground. The so-called Battle of the Goats last night, Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But since they beat that thing into the ground, why don't you weigh in? Who is the GOAT, Brady or Rodgers? And does Drew Brees belong in the conversation? Okay, Jim, does Drew Brees belong in the conversation? Drew Brees is the conversation. Math is fucking math. I have the most passing yards in NFL history. The, the, the conversation is finished at that point. Football, sports in general, sports are not art. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a vision of, oh, I sit at this angle, so it looks one way to me, looks one way to another. Kanye West's record is good. Um, uh, a record by you know, um, Iggy Pop is good. That's not, it's not art. It's not art. There is a number. They keep stats for a reason. Because it's the closest thing to meritocracy that we have. Not politics, not painting, sports. The man with the most passing yards is the best to ever play the game. Period. I don't Trevor care what, what it looks like. I don't care what it looks I, like. I get I how many ca- Trevor. Ca- championships. Doesn't matter. Okay, explain this to me because I understand math does not discriminate. I understand that. And the numbers don't lie. But why is that the most important number in determining who the greatest quarterback of all time is? Passing yardage. Because none of them play defense. None of them play special teams. This is not basketball. Where you get to play both sides of the floor and all of us have the equal opportunity to score and defend. So therefore, if I have no, um, uh, 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 I have no effect on what the other offense is doing, and I spend half of the game. Remember, every football player spends half of the game standing and watching. That's why. Because it's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport because we only get to play one half of the game. That's why. So what else can you use? You can use championships. I mean, look at Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl. Last Super Bowl. He was awful. The defense was so good. And we're going to look at Peyton Manning and say, boy, that, that Super Bowl he won. Boy, let me tell you how great he played. He did not play great. Last night, uh, Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers did not play great. Neither of them. That stretch where Tom Brady had eight incompletions and was throwing a ball in the goddamn dirt. That, that what what does that mean other than they didn't play they didn't play great? All it means to me is the guy with the most numbers. I have I have the same argument with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. What is the uh, what is the the goal of a quarterback? To throw for yards. All right, Trevor, let me it's ask you this. It let is me. to win championships, okay. but it's throw the ball. All right, well, let me ask you this. I mean, to me, the thing that matters most is scoreboard. If if the thing that matters to you most is the guy with the most passing yardage, why do we even keep score? Let's just find the quarterback who throws for more yards on that day and give his team the win. Why do we even care about the scoreboard then? Because, again, the other side of the ball, Jim. It's the other side of the ball. It is special teams. But look, so um, Brady or, or or Breeze, he threw what forty five passes against the Rams. That means there was ninety some odd plays in the game. The other half he had no effect on. The other half he had no effect on how much the L.A. Rams scored. Now you want to say the best quarterback to ever played a game? If he plays free safety and quarterback, now you got something. But nobody does that. Nobody does that. So it has whether or not an NFL team wins, Jim. Yes, we can put it on quarterbacks all we want because we talk on a microphone and do the things we do, and this is fun, and we can debate it till the cows come home. But there is a number in there. There is a number, and that number, if you've done it long enough, and it's, if you've done it long enough, you are the best player. And listen, neither of them is going to catch them because they, all three of them are about the same age. So, so Tom Brady's going to retire. Drew Brees is not going to retire until Tom Brady retires. You watch. 
they will both be 50 years old when they leave the game. You know what? That'd be great. I'd love to see these guys just going back and throwing down until they're 50. Let me give you another another number, Trevor. Six. That's how many times you've missed on your last picks. But I'll get to that later on. The clones are all about that. Listen, listen. Wait, wait. Fucking disaster. <laughs> People are they're fucking killing me on the online. I'm like, I haven't been this unpopular since high school. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's all right, man. They, you know, swing back the other way. Because believe me, when you were killing it at six, three, and one, that was the most popular you had been since high school. So it'll turn quickly. It'll turn quickly. We'll get back there. Listen, so in terms of the Saints and the Rams, like nothing lives up to the hype except that game did. And it looked like it was gonna be a nice swift ass kicking as the Saints jumped on them 35-17 at halftime but then the Rams battled back they tied it before the Saints put them away so does that mean the Saints are the team to beat in the NFC and especially if Drew Brees is the GOAT I I'm, man listen I, I, the problem with the Rams they, they have one problem his name is Marcus Peters he is being exposed He's be, he's his eyes are in the backfield and I remember when we went back to this whole thing. I said they're going to self implode, and that's the guy I pointed at first. I said it's going to be him or Sue. It has not been Sue yet, but Marcus Peters is is staring at the quarterback, looking in the backfield and hoping to make a play. He plays in L.A. Bright lights, big city. All of them are on one year deals. Wait, let me spin this forward. Next year the Rams are going to suck. Right? They're going to be awful. They can't pay all those guys. They cannot pay all, and they tried to trade for Jadavion Clowney. You're talking about all in. The next year is going to be a problem. Okay, let's go back to this year. The fact is, playing defense on a team like the Rams is very difficult. Everybody wants to say their defense is bad, but when your offense puts up that many points and scores that quickly, it is hard slogging. I've been on a team like that. Tell you a story. 2019, no, 1998, my second year in Denver. I'm starting defensive tackle. We are like 13 and or 12 and or something like that. Our offense is running up the score on people. Terrell Davis runs to 2,000 yards. We cannot be stopped. We're playing against the Dolphins or somebody in Mile High Stadium. Dolphins had like a a four minute drive where they were going three yards in a cloud of dust. We're out there for four minutes. We finally stop him, Jim. We sit down. Fucking Rod Smith walks down the sideline as they're kicking the ball off and says, "We'll be right back." I said, don't you fucking do that. Two plays later, they are in the end zone and we are back on the field. That becomes a problem. And that's why the Rams defense as a whole is so is so far bottom. And the Chiefs have the same exact problem. Well, they're not very good. But when you have one of those dynamic offenses that scores quickly and scores all the time, you play a lot of defense. And that's what's happening to them, except for Marcus Peters. He's going to be a problem. Hmm. You know, you mentioned, it's funny, my takeaway from that story is not Marcus Peters or the Rams or their implosion. Believe it or not, Trevor, it's Rod Smith. You've got me flashing back to Rod Smith. So when I was doing local radio way back in the day in San Diego, I don't know how it happened, but we would call the Broncos for interviews. And for some reason, Rod Smith kind of got on our radar and he came on and he wanted to keep coming on. And he was coming on like almost every week. It was his weirdest thing, but he was cool and he was good. And we had this relationship. And then one day I got on the air and I picked against the Broncos. I just, I mean, I just, it wasn't personal, right? I think you're not going to win this week. And Rod Smith's like, I'm never doing that show ever again. I'm just not doing it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I mean, how weird was that? Like, what was that guy's deal? Great player, great, great player, and a really good dude until I picked against the team and then not as good a dude. I, I, I that I don't understand. I, I, because Rod's not that kind of guy. I, I he mean, was then. I, was he? I, that surprises me. 
That surprised me. Oh, no, I was shocked. I was shocked because he and I had this great rapport, and he's coming on like like that was back in the day. I would never put, other than, well, you, Trevor, the same guy in every single week. But he did, and we did, and it was a blast, and I love the relationship. And my man went cold, like, oh, <laughs> hell no. I ain't going on that show anymore. Don't you disrespect me wait, like wait, that, Rome? Wait, what year was it? And were we any good? Uh, yeah, you guys were pretty good. And I'm going to say it had to have been right around that time. I'm going to say it was like mid-90s. For sure it was mid-90s because I was still in San Diego. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't early there. 90s, early 90s, early 90s. I got, I, got there, oh, I got there late 90s. Uh-huh, okay, well... It, it was he was early. He was pretty early in his career, right? No, and he was a practice squad player. Remember, Rod came out. Oh, of I know, nowhere. man. I know. Southern Miss and practice squad, and Mike Shannon always talked. Mike Shannon loved two people in football, yeah, three people. He loved Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, and Terrell Davis. Hmm. Those only three people he liked. That's it. Nobody else. He liked. He liked none of us. Oh, and Tom Nalen. like guys he found on a garbage heap. Those are his guys. The why? rest of them, the what, first why, rounders and whatnot. Why, why did Shanahan only like three guys? He was the head coach. I don't expect him to like every guy, but why did he only like three guys? And why do you hate? Well, all, why do you hate the rest of you? A because they played winning offense, and B nobody else wanted them, and it showed the genius of him. Right. When he re- happened, <laughs> the to mastermind. Pick right. The mastermind finds Terrell Davis. Hey, let me tell you a story about Terrell Davis. Here's a real story. I was being recruited by the University of Georgia. When I went to University of Georgia, Garrison Hurst was my host. Oh yeah, was not in. Yeah, this is this is a fact. And Ray Goff is I'll never forget. Ray Goff was a head coach. And when I went to Georgia to my visit, his hair was brown. When he came to my house, his hair was gray. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> well, he comes to my house, right? And I'm and so I'm I'm getting ready to sign with Georgia, and I'm like, you know, Garrison Hurst is going to the pros. Who's going to run the ball? He said, we have a kid named Terrell Davis. I'll never forget it. He said, we have a kid named Terrell Davis, and let me tell you, he's going to be better than Garrison Hurst. The man was right. Gray hair and all. Yeah, man, that, that's inc- that's amazing. Like, the hosting, how do they choose who hosts? Like, what was a running back doing hosting you? I think because he was the best player on the team. He, he was, was like the big-time player, so he, he took me to... He took me to Atlanta to all the strip clubs. Like, like they, wanted, they wanted to really sign me, and they were like, yo, take him out in your... Your Camaro, <laughs> whatever you know what I mean. Like he was one with all the money, and he was getting ready to go pro. I think it was a bowl season. I think he had some money in his pocket, so he took me to like Magic City. I never seen no shit like that in my life. So that's why that's why they did it. So Trevor, if he if Garrison Hurst and he was he was great. He was a great player. If my man's rolling around a Camaro, like back in the day when you were being recruited, what kinds of like sordid, unsavory shit was going on? Like what kind of things were offered to players back then? You know, a funny thing is, Jim, I asked. Nobody offered me shit. I asked. I was like, look, are they going to give us money? They were, like, <laughs> Nobody's giving you jack shit. I was the number one player in the fucking country. Nobody get, but I also came from a suburb. You know what I mean? I lived in a suburb. Like, I lived in a middle class family, and people kind of knew. Uh, my parents were not rich. Let me, let me not say that. But I had both my parents and my sister. And my dad worked at AT&T, and my mother was a teacher. So I was middle class upbringing. So I'm looking around like, hey, man, they handing out checks. Let your boy get one. I got nothing. I wish I could tell you different. I took five visits. I got pizza. Trevor, are you you telling me that you really had your hand out like, hey, what's in it for me? What do I get? And they said nothing. Listen, I went to Georgia and everybody had them Georgia stickers on the back of their cars. And I was like, hey, man, what's going on there? And they were like, nothing for you. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Nothing. I got nothing. University of Georgia kept that thing on the up. All of them. And I would tell you different. All of them kept that thing on the up and up. Except for Clemson came and they flew a private plane 
to Orlando. I flew on a private jet to Clemson. That was it. That was the end of it. So if they had oh, offered something, uh, clearly if they had offered something, you would have taken it. Oh, in a in a in a New York heartbeat. Hmm. Hey, man, the business of college sports, right? I mean, it, how much stuff's going on that we still have no idea about? Like we we're learning how this game is played. We know how the game is played. Don't tell you know me this what? is amateur athletics. Lay it out I, for you me. You know what? I, 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 well, we could do a whole show on amateur athletics. And believe me, I'm not the guy you think I am. Because here's the What's thing. What's that mean? Man. What's that mean? I, 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 this is what it means. I will give you the greatest example of amateur athletics. When the Tampa Bay Bucks had a second round pick, what was it, four years ago? And they needed a guard and a center. They picked a kid from Division Three Monmouth College named Ali Marpet, who's now a $10 million a year center in the NFL because he was the best NFL prospect at that point. They said he's the biggest fat. He translates into the NFL. He was a college left tackle. I love his story because at the same time he was picked, Jim, you know who was on the board? A whole bunch of kids from Alabama that nobody wanted. So you, this whole thing about paying players and, and you know, they're bringing all this money, which ones? Alabama has 100 kids, 30 of them play, 70 of them don't. Give me a break, man. Give me a break. If you want to play, the, you want to pay the ones that play. That's fine. This now becomes a job. So now you have to have a union. This there is there is a disconnect between the amount of money college athletics makes and actually who's making that money and why is it being made. Do you think it's the university's fault that they put a good basketball team out there and we as a, a paying public want to see it? It is not their fault, and it is not their doing. In college, the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. In the pros, it's a completely different thing. Name on the front does not matter. So, so LeBron Tom, James, LeBron James has a bigger Q rating than the Charlotte Bobcats. Let's so, be honest. so, so, bottom line, Trevor, where does that leave you with college athletes? If they're making all that money for the university, should they be paid? And I don't mean room and board and a scholarship. Or to you, is that enough money? Is that is that them being paid? That is them being paid. That is them being paid. The, to me, it is. To me, it is. Because remember, you, they're not the only ones. I would give you a story that I tried. I did for NBC here in D.C. The University of Maryland, when they hired Randy Edsel, decided to build a whole bunch of luxury boxes in their stadium, yep. and their team stunk. So therefore, nobody went into the luxury boxes. They cannot, play, they cannot pay for the luxury boxes. So you know what they did instead? They closed on the track team. They closed down the men's tennis team. They closed down the men's track team. They closed down all these teams. They contracted all these kids with scholarships, took away the, the teams they played on, took away all their scholarships so the awful fucking football team could pay for the luxury boxes nobody was in. And you want to pay them on top of that? Are you fucking kidding me? Hmm. The ones that get paid, Jim, are the ones that have to earn their pay. I'm not. You cannot pay the third-team guard for Alabama. You can't because he is useless. Well, I, I thought that we didn't pay any of them, but of course we do. No, you can't. Right. You can't. But if you can't pay the third team one, you can't pay any of them. All right. So, Trevor, let me get you to go back. Go back. We talked about Denver. Let me talk about another team you played for, the Ravens. The Ravens started the season quickly. Now they're reeling. And suddenly John Harbaugh is on the hot seat. Do you think that he needs to make the playoffs or even get there and win to keep his job? Is he in trouble? I, I do think he needs to make the playoffs to keep his job. Here's the thing, though, Jim. I'm going to tell you right now. The day they fire him, he's going to pack up his stuff. If they fire him, he's going to pack up his stuff. And as he's going to the car, a, coach, a team is going to hire him. In a goddamn it, the Cowboys can use him. I've played for John Harbaugh. The thing about John Harbaugh is this. 
as a special teams coach, and, and I think more teams should do this, as a special teams coach, you are not beholden to one system or another. It's like, oh, I love running the 3-4 defense, or I love running the ball off tackle, or here's my system and I think it works. You are only beholden to what works, right? And that's what makes him a good coach. The second thing that made him a good coach, and I'll, I'll go to my graves, very few NFL coaches are leaders of men. Like he studies military, right? And and he can he can come off gruff at times with the players. He can come off, you know, uh, controlling and that kind of thing. But when you lead a whole bunch of dudes who are dogs and make the kind of money they make, you kind of have to be like that. On the very flip side of that, no matter what has happened in the press, when he goes up on the uh, when he goes up on the uh, uh, the podium, he's always positive about it. When I when I left uh, the Ravens, they thought I was coming back. I was like, I ain't come back. I didn't talk to them. They called my house. They called every phone number they had for me. I didn't answer any of them. And John Harbaugh went up there in front of the press and said, Trevor, no, no problems there. Yes, we had problems, a thousand percent. And he will lie to you. He will lie. He will lie to them for you. And that's what a leader of men does, right? And he'll listen. Like they've had several almost mutinies in Baltimore. Like I, I, the one they won a Super Bowl, it said they were, it was close to being full out mutiny. His first year in Baltimore, almost a full on mutiny. <laughs> like it happened at training camp. Huh. He wanted to give us a day off, and Troy Smith went over there and said, "Coach, we need a day off." And he was like, "I was going to give you a day off. Now am I giving y'all shit?" Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So so anyway, so what I'm saying is, as a leader, you have to have somebody that can lead. That's why some I keep talking about Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer is going to be a great NFL coordinator. He doesn't need to be a head coach. Lincoln Riley would be a great coordinator. He doesn't need to be a head coach. You have to have somebody that leads and then somebody that plans. And usually that is not the same person. It's very, very seldom that's the same person. Watch Sean McVay coach. Sean McVay, when the defense is playing, he sits down. He's no longer the head coach of the defense. You know what, though, Trevor? I am fascinated by what you said about Harbaugh, the fact that to be a leader of men, not just men. I mean, we're talking about dogs. We're talking about alphas. We're talking about multimillionaires. We're talking about all of them in a single room. It takes an incredibly dynamic, different type of dude to lead from the front and lead all of them. Now, but in terms of Harbaugh, in terms of Harbaugh, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. I think that would be an unbelievable hire for Jerry Jones. But Jerry Jones doesn't want a guy like that, right? Harbaugh's going to do it his own way. Would that ever work? Would Jones even ever hire Harbaugh if he could? I don't think he could. I don't think he would. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you the reason he wouldn't. And this is, this is a great story. So the year that Harbaugh was hired, they were closing up the Cowboy Stadium. What's the place called? The, um, the, the old one. The, uh, the one they exploded before they built Jerry World, right? And so the Dallas Cowboys had a pick of which team they wanted on their last home game, and they picked the Ravens. Hmm. They were like, that's the team we're going to beat. We could beat them in our last home game. And, and John Harbaugh was not hired at the time. Let me tell you something. He took that shit personally. Right? And he wasn't even the fucking coach yet when he did it. But he was like, we are going to rub their noses in it. And sure enough, I remember that, them. by the way. I remember that. I do oh, remember that. my God. He was... It was like we had won a Super Bowl. He was like, tear this motherfucker down. Like he was, he was. I've never seen anything like that. He was so happy. He was so happy. What, like, like they scheduled you for the homecoming game. You know? Oh yes. Oh yes. And he took that shit personally. And I'm telling you. And the funny thing is, this is what people don't know. Jason Garrett was supposed to be our head coach, and he didn't want the job. Huh. They brought him in, and he was like, I don't like the guys here. 
And Rex Ryan stood up in front of us. Rex Ryan stood up in front of defense and basically cried and said, fucking Jason Gary said he didn't want to be around these men. He said, we are going to – like they put the, – the Ravens that game put everything into beating the Cowboys and tearing that fucking place down. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. And we played, we played our heads off. I remember that too. I mean, that that was so personal. But then again, it, it everything is personal, right? You know that whole thing about it's not personal; it's just business. It's all personal for all the greats. It's deeply personal, isn't it? Always, always, everything, well, and, 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 everything. You have to take it. You have to take everything personal in this game because after the game's over, you can let it go. But while it's going on, you've been challenged to a fight. You've been challenged, and and look. Every time, every time you line up in whatever sport it is, Jim, doesn't matter sports. There's an alpha and there's a beta. There's an inferior and there's a superior. Which one are you? And it could be back and forth, but as long as you are the superior one, more than you are the inferior one, you will win. You have to take it personal. All right, Trevor, let's talk about the beta for a minute. Let's talk about a guy who's a beta every time he steps on the field. I hate to pile on. <laughs> oh, it's almost, shit. It's almost too easy. Ow. It's almost too easy at this point. It's not even a good sport. Nate Peterman somehow is still allowed to show up in NFL stadiums around the country, and he's not arrested for crimes against football, really crimes against all of humanity. Three more picks to go with no touchdowns and a 41-9 beat down at the Hounds of the Bears. Trevor, tell me this. How the hell do the other 52 guys bring themselves to dress for these games knowing that Nate Pete is under center? Like I've always said, Jim, is the check going to clear on Tuesday? This is not my problem. But let, let me go back. To, you know, Blake Borders was my project, and Blake <laughs> was off this week. Nate Peterman is my new guy. And here's what I think needs to happen. My daughter played her, her, her second or third weekend of college tennis matches. They played against Michigan State, they played against Boston University, and they played against Harvard University Tennis. My daughter can serve the ball 125 miles an hour For anytime real? she fucking feels like it. Can Anytime she? it feels like. Oh, 100%. 120. I'll show you, 120. I'll show you the video. I'll see that, the video that, that, that's like some uh, John Isner shit. That's like some Roscoe yeah, yeah. Tanner yeah, shit. Like, like, like professional tennis. Right. She can do it anytime she wants to. I watch her play all weekend, Jim. She didn't do it one time. Not one time. Why? Every, I, do, I don't know. And I said, I said, Kari, every time you step on a tennis court, it needs to be the same thing. I swing as hard as I can. Two years ago, two years ago, um, uh, Rafa Nadal was beaten by Sam Querrey on in Acapulco. After the match, Rafa Nadal they said, "How did Sam Querrey, a middling American tennis, beat the greatest clay court player in the world?" You know what he said? He said, "Because the ball was coming at me so goddamn fast, right?" And they asked Sam Querrey afterwards, "said How'd you beat Rafa Nadal on on his favorite surface?" He said, "Look, my coach told me swing as hard as I can every ball and live with the results." I'm taking all those all this away to Nate Peterman, Nathan Peterman. When you see somebody on your team with the same color jersey on, I don't care if he's five yards from you, you throw the ball as hard as you can. That's the only thing. You have no touch. You have no aim. The only, the only saving grace you have is to fling the ball, step into every throw. Not 60%. You need to go red line every time you throw the ball because even if your guy misses it, DBs cannot catch your ball. If they could catch, they'd be playing wide receiver. Those are facts. You need to fling the ball. Don't don't lay it up there. Oh, good throw. Throw it as hard as you can, even if you throw it in the fucking ground. Just do not throw it to the other team. He needs somebody to tell him that. 
because this is not working. And I think he has what two more weeks because Derek Anderson's hurt. When is when is my guy coming back? The big the big strapping young lad, seventeen. When, when's Josh Allen coming back? Does anybody know? He uh, he just started throwing the ball, if I'm not mistaken. So they're trying to work him back. They're not going to rush him back, you know, for who, for what, so he can get knocked out again and oh have his, his future in jeopardy. So is that really the answer to Nate Peterman? I mean, is, that, is that what you do, well, Trevor? You just tell this guy, another- throw the ball as hard as you possibly can whenever you see a teammate in a route? Even if you see him in the hallway at lunch, just hit him in the head with a fucking ball. Get used to it. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Uh, give me another one. What? What will that? Give another one. Uh, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Never let this guy on the field ever again. He's not an NFL <laughs> quarterback. Good dude, bad quarterback. Good dude, yes. horrible quarterback. I'll give you another yes. one. This guy should not be allowed on the field. What the hell was that guy doing on the field? I, I don't, Jim. I said this from the very beginning. Sean, Sean McDermott. He he needs to be. His feet need to be held to the fire because you tried his ass out there. But at this point, they have no one else to try it out there. That, that's I mean, why he's really, out there. That's it. That's exactly that, it. They've got yeah. nobody else to send out there, so they keep running him out there, and it keeps ending really badly. But right, so so what do you do? What do you, you can't say? Look, we're going to just run the ball every play. But they put a safety in the box. You can't. You, if you put a safety in the box, there was one guy always unaccounted for. Yeah, the the so weird you thing, can't do that. The, the weird thing about Nate is, I mean, he's kind of got that thing that you were talking about with Harbaugh. He like the guy's relentlessly positive. I mean, he might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, he's no always out there like, let, not, t- tomorrow's a new day. I'm just going to get a little bit better every single day. I can do this thing. We can do this thing. No, you can't. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, you cannot. But it's not even his fault. It's not Nate Peterman's fault that he's Nate Peterman. What's he going right. to do? Not go out there when they send him out there? Right. No, hey, guys, I'm good. What the fuck you mean? Somebody's a big quarterback. That's what I was doing. No, you're not. You can't no, you're do not. That. You're not good at all. All right. So what about San Diego? Check that. L.A. L.A., the Chargers were able to grind out a tough, tough road win in Seattle. They're 6-2. and two. They're 15-5 and five in their last 20. Are folks sleeping on the Chargers? Oh, man, they're sleeping on them. And, and, and the fact that the city of L.A. Has not, had not taken to this team when they had the kind of talent they have at wide receiver, when they have a guy, again, Phillip Rivers throws every ball as hard as he can. And he has a fucked up throma. He like he like shot puts the ball at people. Like there's no spin on it, right? Like you like Philip Richard throws the ball. You can read Wilson on the side of the goddamn ball. It's unbelievable. The fact that the city has not embraced them at all. I mean, well, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, the L.A. Rams played a away game when Green Bay came into town. But the fact is this: nobody wants to play the Chargers. Nobody wants. Nobody looks at the schedule and says, "Oh, yeah, we're looking forward to that one." Oh, my God. The, the tailback is as good as Todd Gurley, who's my LT. So he's LT Jr. Like, if this kid, is, if Todd Gurley is LT, then Melvin uh, Gordon is um, uh, Derek Thomas. Like, like that's the kind of thing. That's a, a 1A, 1B kind of thing. Nobody wants to play them for that reason. Their offense is fantastic. They have real pass rushers. Their defense is just good enough. Their kicker is for real. Nobody wants that problem. Nobody wants to. Their kicker's not for real at all. Their kicker's their kicker just lost his job. That kicker's not for real. He just lost his job. But when he was kicking, he was pretty good. (laughs) Trevor, let me ask you this: Are they? I'm gonna let that slide. You you got other problems, such as the fact you've missed six picks in a row. Are they? Are they good enough to run down Kansas City? That's the interesting part. Well, they're good enough to make the playoffs. So let's do that, right? And if they make the playoffs, more than likely they will not be playing Kansas City because Kansas City will have a bye. So th- I think they'll beat whoever they play in the first round. That's the issue. They're not going to run past them, right? So we have two wildcard teams. It will be San Diego, and it will probably be 
Houston or Indianapolis, one of those two teams. So they'll play each other. So I don't think they'll run them down. But when they do run into each other in the second round of the playoffs, that's going to be a monster. And it's going to be Kansas City. It's going to be cold. And I think that's going to be Kansas City's uh, secret weapon. But I'm telling you, nobody wants to – listen, you watch Phillip Rivers play right now and nobody's paying attention. And he plays with that fire. And he's always been that. And I've played against him. And he's always been kind of out of his mind a little bit in that sense. But at the same token, he keeps completing these balls over the top of defenses as if they don't know where he's going with the ball. He's not throwing checkdowns. He does not do that. That's not a thing. He throws the ball down the field 15 yards or more 60% of the goddamn time. He's looking to attack. He's always looking to attack. Time now for One Man's Fantasy, where Jim and Trevor tell you what one man you have to add to your fantasy team this week. All right, now, Trevor, it's time for some fantasy football advice. Let's help the folks out. Let's find that one guy on the waiver wire right now that everybody listening should go out and add to their squads for next week's matchup. I know where I'm going, but let's stick to the format. Let me get your pick first. Let me let me go, let me do two of them. Let me do two things first. Let me go one thing. Cordell Patterson in the, with, with the Patriots with one off season, he's going to be Todd Gurley. That that's a fact. So next year, that's your pick. This week, Did you Portland say Sutton, that guy's going to be he's going to be Gurley with one off season. One off season. If he gets one off season of running back training, remember he's a wide receiver that can't catch. When a wide receiver can't that can't catch sticks in the NFL as long as he has. There's something special about him. Think about it. Maybe you may have a left tackle that can't block. I mean, why is he sticking around? Oh, well, I mean, the Bills have a quarterback who can't throw, so there's that. Maybe that, maybe that just went out the fucking window. But <laughs> one off season with that kid playing running back and learning nuance of the position, there's your first pick in next year's fantasy draft if you're playing. This week, Cortland Sutton from Denver. When when Brandon Marshall got picked by the Broncos, and Brandon Marshall is another guy that from UCF, Brandon Marshall went to my high school. And Brandon Marshall was a tight end in high school. And when he was leaving UCF, they said, oh, you're a tight end. And I remember I read a quote from Chad Bailey that said, when Brandon Marshall want, lined up in the first day at wide receiver, Chad Bailey looked at uh, Mike Shannon and said, where the fuck you get this at? <laughs> like, he was sitting around later on in the draft when y'all picked it? But when y'all when y'all y'all had a pick and y'all picked this, y'all picked it. That's that's a thing. Cortland Sutton is the same thing. But he was a second round pick. Cortland Sutton is big, he's strong, and now that DT is gone, Demaris Thomas is gone, all those targets are coming to him. They traded DT for a reason. Cause this kid is ready to play. There's your guy. All right, Trevor, really quickly, give me and we're we're already kind of heavy, but how about a Champ Bailey story really quickly, man? To me, just a pro's pro. What an unbelievable player he was. What was he like to be around? You know, the, the, the best thing that Champ did was not cover receivers. The best thing he did was tackle. Champ tackled like a linebacker. And our defensive quarter, the coordinator at the time, Larry Coyer, called him Champaroo, like kangaroo. Like, he, like, Champ was like his child. Like, he loved Champ Bailey because Champ was the only one who actually on our team of all DBs we had, safeties included, would stick his nose in there and actually tackle the ball. Hmm. He'd take on linemen, he'd tackle the ball, and he was quiet. You know, he didn't say too much, but he was he was a ball player. Not a cornerback, a ball player. Can oh. can 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 eight. I like it. All right, so this week I'm gonna go with Seahawks running back Mike Davis. 
with Chris Carson out. Davis goes off. 100 all-purpose yards against the Chargers. Not the first time he's done that either. Check his week four stats when he was getting Carson's touches. This dude knows how to step in and step up. And with Carson's status uncertain for week 10, there's a good chance that Mike Davis explodes next weekend. Go find Mike Davis' stat. Put a claim for him in right now. So the football season is flying right on by. And ever since I started doing this podcast, because it's an NFL podcast, a lot of you are asking me for your advice. Like, who do you have this week, Rome? Who should we bet? The truth is, and I'm going to own this, I don't know who's going to win. Even my man Trevor Price missed six in a row, and he's won two Super Bowls. However, I know a lot of you do think you know. If so, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember this. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. This is why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They have been in business for years. They have tremendous reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to navigate, very easy to use. I would only recommend a service to you that has been good to me. And with my bookie, when you win, they pay. Period. You win, they pay. And they've got in-game live betting. Plus, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join right now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Rome and activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And do not forget to use the promo code Rome. When you create your account, you can claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. Use the promo code Rome. And now, prices picks. Trevor, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> you know you're my dude. You know you're my co-host. You know you're my partner. I would never throw shade for no reason whatsoever. And I'm not going to remind you that three weeks ago, you were killing it. 6-3-1, picking against the spread. But you're 6-9-1 right now. And I'm Wait. not going to be the one to point out that you're on a six-game slide, brother. <laughs> Wait, oh, I don't on. need to tell you that oh, because the, the audience is already telling you that. Jim, wait, been on wait, let, let, me, let me go back a second. Wait, every pick that I made over the last three weeks has been wrong. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> but I was right up until the fourth quarter in almost all of them. I was right. I was right with Buffalo and New England. They were going to cover until until uh, uh, friggin' Derry Anderson threw a pick six. I was right about the Browns. I was right about um, the oh, the Raiders. That one got the fuck away from me. But Jesus Christ, Nick Mullins. You think? Dude, the, the, Jesus Christ. The, the, that one got away from you, Trevor. That was like the worst pick in the history of sports. The <laughs> Leave Raiders? Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me I'm alone. doing fine. <laughs> All right, Trevor. You, you, believe me, you're not doing fine. But w- what's it like? And I mentioned this on the show today. You've been a tremendous dude about this. Because, you know, the clones, they're coming for you now on Twitter. What's that experience been like? Uh, it's, it's been, I mean, they, they, they don't go like, like really bad and that type of thing, but boy, the jokes come fast and furious. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the Twitter, the, the one with the Titanic, Hey, I'm picking the Titanic against that rock. I was like, I didn't say that. It was somebody put like, like uh, love Trevor. Get the fuck out of here. I ain't do that. I mean, they're, they're killing me, man. I, I'm just like watching Trevor. it. And I, I just like all of them because the ones that are funny, 
like I really keep up with. Like the, like the good ones are good. You know what I mean? Well, like like but, any but, any athlete has always said this. It's different now with social, Trevor, because now everybody can get right at you. But back in the day, I, I didn't know a single athlete who didn't appreciate a clever heckle. You like that. Oh, you don't want oh, idiots in this, the stands oh. who aren't funny, but you'll respect That's a clever it. heckle. Every day. Oh, I love, if you are good at, if you come with a good joke, the Titanic one was good. I mean, th- there's been about 30 of them that I've laughed at. Uh, oh, one girl, one girl, she put a, a, a meme of herself. Like, really? I was like, my bad, man. I'm like, what I do, right? I was like, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. You are. All right, so now we got a chance to get this thing right. Let's talk about this. I badly – look, Trevor, I'm with you. I stand with you. You're my dude. I want you to get every game you pick right, so let's get right, starting with tonight's game. Titans getting four and a half on the road in Dallas. Do you like t- Tennessee in the points, or do you like Dallas to cover four and a half? Dallas is going to cover, and I have scientific evidence. <laughs> what is it? Laughing? What is it? What is it? I'm not laughing. The I'm waiting for your evidence. evidence. Is this Mariota stinks, and their offensive line cannot block block pass rushers. Dallas has pass rushers. They have at least two. The Ravens had ten sacks against the Titans. The Titans do not have a real passing game. Uh, Jalen, uh, uh, the friggin' linebacker Jalen Smith, all they're running. They're going to take care of that shit. The big back they have uh, from Alabama, um, uh, forget his name, he's not, a, he's not an issue. He's too slow to get to the line of scrimmage. He's too big not to tackle. It's easy to hit a big target. I don't think they can run the ball, and I think Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper put on a show tonight. Dallas covers. All right, Dallas to cover the four and a half. Trevor looking to snap that streak at six. All right, Thursday night football. Carolina, who is playing lights out suddenly. Trevor getting five on the road against Pittsburgh, who's back in control of their division. I love this game, but I hate to have to pick against the spread. It's a tricky one. Where do you go? Panthers and the five, or do the Steelers cover at home? Yeah, so th- th- that's the problem, the five points. That that is that is an issue that, you know, first of all, I do believe on this uh, easily Pittsburgh is going to win this game. Uh, they're going to win by five points. That's the part I'm struggling with because if Cam Newton gets hot running the ball, and let's talk about Carolina's offense for a second. What the fuck is that? It is a slow developing, fast moving with fast people offense that I don't really understand what I'm watching. Right? It's like it's like watching a single wing from 1930. I don't get it, <laughs> but it works. Pittsburgh at home though. Pittsburgh at home with with James Conner. And as long as the ESPN crew's not playing, not, not covering it, he's going to be called James Conner for the entire night and not Cancer Connor, like, like my homeboy does every fucking game he does, right? I believe Pittsburgh covers by six. I think they win this game by six points. Pittsburgh at home. All right, so the spread is five. You got Pittsburgh to cover at home. And there you go. Let's hope that you get this one. Let's go one at a time. Let's hope you get this one and shut some people up. And by some people, I mean everybody. We'll be watching <laughs> that game tonight. That's going to do it for us. You want to make sure you subscribe. And these episodes will hit your listening devices automatically every week. Make sure you follow us both on Twitter, too. I'm at Jim Rome. He's at Trevor underscore Price. You want to spell Price with a Y, P-R-Y-C-E. Hit us both up for all things RPO. And since you've come so hard, when he gets that pick right tonight, be sure you give Trevor his praise as well. He deserves the shine. Trevor, have an amazing week, and I will see you right back here next time. Absolutely, man. 
We will see you next Monday. Check out the game. We're out.